Welcome to another episode of the Maroon Machine. Myself, Sean, and today joined again by Kieran. How are you doing, Kieran? I'm doing well, mate. Good, good. You been been busy. It's been a busy week for football, certainly. What about yourself? How you been? I just working in that, but uh, usual. Still reeling off Saturday, but aye, uh, it's not too bad. Fogs away, so I can be quite happy about that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, quite fortunate because you've obviously got to your bed today. This working the night shift. I'm on holiday this week. I think I've picked a brilliant week with it for the the Kelty games, the Scotland's big game on Thursday, and the Masters starting for Thursday as well. So mm-hmm. I might be on holiday, but certainly busy. Mm-hmm. Let's crack on. Well, she just a Kelty. Kieran, you were at the East Coast Bride game on Saturday. Do you want to give us a, a brief run through how the game went? No, really, but I. <laughs> Unfortunate um, that it finished, you know, one one now East Cobb Bride. They gave me very, very few chances. Both teams really cagey through. I thought I would. I say we had the better of the ball overall. However, did I feel that we used it to our advantage too much? Um, lost Cammy Russell early on. Kind of gave us a a change to make. We ended up putting Higgy up front. I didn't want to be over critical, but it just never really worked. Really, the only. I would say we only had I think East Kilbride maybe had two or three chances that I can really remember that were at like proper genuine chances and they managed to take one of them a deflection off one of the defenders I think that come off the post and landed at the winger's foot so I to be honest I think it's one of them that will be quite happy just to put out their heads and move on probably a good thing that they had a midweek game and then another game at the weekend and the games are coming a wee bit thick and fast overall Defence played well. I felt the midfield was the better midfield of the two. I didn't really, apart from Chris Erskine, I didn't think that East Kilbride actually showed us very much at all, especially the two experienced guys like Hutton and uh, Pate in the middle of the park. I kind of felt like they were put in there, not quite as hatchet men, but they were trying to be clever with winning fouls more than what they were trying to actually play football. So I felt we, we dominated them in the middle of the park over most of the game. And up front, it just, again, didn't really work for us, unfortunately. And I think that's... If there was to be a criticism of the season so far, I would think that would be it, that we're not creating enough chances throughout the game and compared to what we were last season. Yeah, absolutely. So what about, obviously, East Kilbride, eventual 1-0 winners? How did the goal come about? It was sort of an actual a change in their play for a few minutes. They started trying to play the ball through the middle of the park, which... They didn't do in the first half. In the first half, they just kind of shelled it and Erskine was trying to pick up sort of the second balls and, and things like that. They shelled it most of the game, to be honest. You know, two experienced guys at the back. I can't actually, I can't actually say they played badly because they never, but aye, they, just, they just sort of hit long diagonals and just hoped that you know, Erskine would pick up the, the second balls. Um, and it sort of comes to a wee breaky play, wee changing play for them. But they, they did make a few passes and it sort of made its way out to the guy. I can't remember if it was Woods who was playing left midfield for because they kept swapping in the second half, the yeah. two wingers. But they, they two were swapping about and they kind of got a wee break on the corner of your box. 
kind of managed to sort of create a wee bit of room and, and just fire the ball across. I think it took a deflection and then come off the post and then it was just lying there for the for the tapping. But I, I think it was Craig Bearskin, one or two passes in the middle of the park. Erskine kind of broke free, set free the guy on the left-hand side. He managed to get that bit of space and got the ball across and unfortunately they just fell in the wrong place for us. Yeah, absolutely. Watching, obviously, I was a wee bit late to the game, so I wasn't on, on commentary, but I did get to catch the majority of the game. I missed the goal, but, yeah, it looked like both sides were pretty evenly matched. There wasn't much in it, and sometimes that's all the three points can come down to. It's a wee bit of luck, the fact that it bounced off the post and fell right into the, the feet of the East Cobride player. He was able to sort it away. It happens, that's football sometimes. A couple of points, obviously, from that game. Cammy Russell out. It's a big blow for Kelty, I think, because... We're already sort of missing Nathan Austin. Hopefully he'll make a return soon. And as far as bet Fred, cup ties go. Anderson's cup tied for those. So for yeah. Cammy Russell to go down, major blow, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it does It does show a wee bit as well. We, we do have, I think, a squad of like 21 or 22. And if there is to be more injuries picked up, it leaves us a bit thin on the ground. Um, I know there's a few young guys at the 20s that we could probably take the step up and maybe fill us a few spaces on the bench. Um, I'm not sure where guys like Owen Andrew and that are this season. I'm not. I don't know if he's still in the twenties or what. But he's away to. Well, I say something. Someone like Glenn Glenn Rothers. That's right. Aye. So I don't know. There may be an option there where we could pull him back if need be. But aye, Cammy's a big blow because he so, he can sort of play right across the front line if need be. He is a good utility man. I think he is a much better winger than he is a centre forward. But, like I say, he's got a good left foot in him and it'll be a big miss, especially for the game at the weekend. You know, he's not there. Plenty. He's the, the one guy we've got up front at the minute without Fash who can run the legs off a centre-half. Potential big miss, but hopefully Matty Flynn can step in and just and do what he does well. Absolutely. And we, you obviously touched on Higginbottom playing up front. Definitely a, a capable player, but I think one of the issues when you play Higginbottom up front you didn't hear Higgy playing in the hole in that, that space behind and the amount of chances yeah that he creates he probably if he gets a choice he would rather be the out and out striker I think most yeah. most boys would that's where the goals come from but the the amount of chances that he creates and especially when we get the likes of Anderson and Fash back he's going to be instrumental in adding some pieces as opposed to the, the yeah. attack and if you took him out of it as much as you take him fast out of that striker position I think it would have just as big an impact so yeah it was a, a tough gig for him on on that Saturday game didn't really materialise much but aye it was no, no but like I say no being overly critical I think if he was to do it again he would try and make the ball stick by just maybe bouncing off the centre half and trying to hold it there, there was a few times he tried to knock it around the corner and that, and, he's, and he is more than capable, but it was, they they sat pretty deep when we had the ball, so when he did try and knock it around the corner, there was no space, yeah. and um, I, you know, he's got plenty of experience, and he'll probably come off that game kicking himself, because if he's been asking to play up front, that's the only reason that I can think, that Matty Flynn never come on, to be honest, that if, he, if he's been asking to, to have that shot up there at centre forward on his own, while Fash is out, then kind of needed to, to cement that by doing better, and it never worked, to be honest, there was a few times in the game where the, the ball was fired to him, because it was coming for deep in the midfield, and you know, you know what it's like, um, 
it's hard to control it when you've got two defenders breathing in your neck and a whole midfielder coming back to chase you down your touch and stuff like that as well. So I can understand them trying to make things happen. It was just unfortunate that we didn't get that break. And even with his chance in the second half, eh, I think it was about 20 minutes or so left at the back post. Like, it's just one of them, mates. You'd rather see it go in, but he was stretching and Dylan fired it across the front of the goal. So, ah, it's just... Didn't want to be over critical, but I think that's a game that we'll look back on and say we sh- we probably should have won that, in my opinion. Definitely capable, yeah. Um, early days, though, still an opportunity. We've already seen East Bride slip up once this season as well, so they're not they're not away with it. Aye. We're obviously recording this on Wednesday morning. There's a couple of big games coming on Wednesday evening as well that. They're going to have an impact on the league, but we'll sort of disregard them for the purpose of hey, this conversation because it's not <laughs> happened yet. Some of the, I suppose, the challenges, the other contenders in the league, Bonus, BSE and Shire picked up points on Saturday. Bonnie Rick Rose dropping points though. They were beat 2-1 off of East Darlingshire. They did get back to winning ways on Tuesday night where they were able to pick up a 2 0 win at home to several Surrey strollers. So... Kind of the other teams in and about us doing the business. Shire, I suppose, doing us a few favours now because they've caused East Kilbride to drop some points in that 0-0 mm-hmm. draw and now they've taken points away from, from Bonnie Rick Rose. Looking at the league though, well, how are we faring now with, with those fixtures taking place? Aye, sitting fifth, game in hand takes us up to second. I'm going to say that East Stirlingshire are a... Outside chance for the top three. I've been, I've actually been. I forget that they've signed well. You know they've got uh, Greg Weld and stuff like that on the books now there. So they're going to be. They're going to take points off a lot of teams this season. I think last year was a bit of a dull year for them. They sort of I think they ended up about mid table ish. Never really letting them fire. They took points away for some sure at Kelly. Sure we drew two all with them at Kelly. I think they scored near the last minute. Aye, no sixteen points out of six games. They'll be happy with that. You know, um, they've got a game in hand as well, so technically, they win that, they go joint top. So, interesting, interesting as it goes, and then, you know, BSC as well, beating Spartans the other day, they've signed Jamie Glasgow from uh, Talbot, covered the bases that they were needing, they were struggling a wee bit up front, go and sign Jamie Glasgow, Gretna, last night, by a surprise. Five nil. That came out of nowhere. Uh, but I know. I seen him. Is it? Is it? Is it Jonathan Needham? His name is on, on Twitter. I seen him saying this is a must win. This is a. I know this, and then I was like, five 0s all right. It's not bad for a must win. He's a good guy, um, Jonathan. But uh, he's ever the optimist, and it's mm-hmm. paying off now. That's two wins on the trot for as well, so it's yeah. decent. I'm sure but, it was a must win at the weekend. They said as well, actually. <laughs> um, but Shire. Uh, Aye, Shire, that's them. They've played Bonnie Rigg and East Kilbride and they're taking points yeah. uh, across the, the board as well. So Same they're def- definitely going to be contenders in there. And yeah, you definitely can't write off Bonnie or BSC as well. Obviously, we can look at the big names we've played so far. It's mostly been, well, in the league mm-hmm. anyway. It's been East Kilbride and we did drop points then. But once we get Nathan Austin back, with Higgy playing behind him, we've got the likes of Cammy Russell back who can switching on the wing yeah. I think we're, we're still it's not really panic stations no by any stretch no definitely no like. aye <laughs> aye it's a 34 game season 6 games in aye aye, aye we've, got, we've got plenty of time and we've got all to play again you know what I mean it's going to be hard 
going away to Bonnie Riggs hard, going away to Spartans is hard. There's going to be loads of games. I'm kind of glad that we've kind of got civil service rollers out the way because that pitch is horrific. Um, for the game last year where Lynch scored the, the heart-tricky penalties, sometimes, you know, you turn up to a ground in the Lowland League and you're like, how is this a Lowland League club? Everything looks, you know, top all the time. And not to pitch civil service, dude, I know they've been going a long time and stuff and it's hard to, to get moved, but... You know, it's a it's a big tabletop, and the only time that I've been there, the actual pitch itself was lump, lumpy and horrendous. Saying it's, it was a long ball game every game. It's a tough, tough place to go purely because of the the standard pitch that's there. But those those boys are used to playing there. Obviously, good luck to, like say, they'll beat you, please, go bride. Tonight we've not seen that game, but they beat Starling four two the other day. So yeah, they've got the goals in them. Bonus United v. BSE Glasgow tonight as well, so somebody's got to drop points in that one, so a couple of good games there. Dalbeat are going to beat his go right 3 1. Is that your prediction? <laughs> right, so uh, as Sean mentioned earlier, I was working last night, so I didn't manage to actually make the Peterhead game, so what's your, what's your, uh, your thoughts on last night? How did we do? Uh, to be honest, I think the boys, the boys did really well. Um, not the result in the end that, that we were looking for, but yeah, they, I think they'll be proud. They they looked like the better side, and they were playing against the league one side. And barring about twenty minutes at the, no even twenty minutes to be honest, ten fifteen minutes at the start of the second half where Peterhead looked like the better side. They looked way out of their depth. Peterhead. The first half, Kelty control possession. Peterhead largely sitting off them for the the majority of it. Twenty three minutes in and. Boyle volleyed an effort from distance that went over the Peterhead bar. And to be honest, uh, a lot of the first half was that kind of football, to be honest. Um, Kelty controlled the game, controlled the pace, but weren't able to create enough chances from the the momentum they had over Peterhead. Mm-hmm. The second half, it only took three or four minutes for Peterhead to, to find that first goal. And it was a, a really good strike from Fraser, just at the edge of the area. It was a rocket. Jameson couldn't have done anything. Um, whenever he, he was called into action, he did superb. There was not very much he could do for this one. That gave Peterhead the 1-0 lead. Um, a, a wee bit concerning, but five, ten minutes later, and Kelly were all over Peterhead again. Hooper had a header cleared off the line. I can't remember who it was, um, but it was a Kelly player that it took. It hit off it, it was dead unfortunate. It headed the ball towards the back post, hit off the, the Kelly player, came pretty close to glazing there on the, the 55th minute. Uh-huh. 66th minute though, and it was Stevenson and Tedzer hovering over a free kick, about 30 plus yards outside the box. And you, you could just see with the way that, that Kelly were set up that it was going to be a shot. It didn't have a lot of mm-hmm. bodies in the box. Stevenson just went right through it and it rocketed. And Wilson, the, the keeper for Peterhead, got a, a touch to it, but it went, it's, the ball essentially went through him, to be oh, honest, right. into the back of the net. And it was a superb, superb effort from, from Stevenson. After that, it was all Kelly, to be honest. Easton shot just over the bar on the 68th minute and about 10 minutes later... There was a, a real nice bit of play from Higginbottom down the right wing, chipped it over the keeper, and Matty Flynn, for pretty close range, got the head on it, but it went over the bar. Can you believe it? It looked like a setter. I'm looking forward to seeing the highlight of that one. Just to add insult to injury, about the 88th minute, 
There was shouts for for a penalty for Kelly. It was Stevenson that was brought down. It probably would have been a soft penalty, but I do believe it was a penalty. He walked his way into the box and Peterhead essentially just surrounded bodies around him and he, he went to ground because it was getting knocked about the place, to be honest. So it was a bit frustrating. And to be fair, though, to Peterhead, there was a... Similar incident, it would have been soft up the other end of the park. would have been livid if it had been Kevin, to be honest, where the Peterhead player went down. Obviously, it went to penalties from from there. Tidzar took the first for Kelty, hit the crossbar. Um, frustratingly, it went over. All the boys that stepped up for there, Boyle, Stevenson, and I think Easton, they all netted, but mm-hmm. that, that missed one at the beginning. Peterhead scored all five of theirs, and... They won penalties 5-3 in the end, but do you know what? It, if we beat Peterhead and we go ahead and beat Brecon, we'd have had a very, 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 very outside chance to qualify for the next round, but mm-hmm. really unlikely because it's your best second-place teams that go through, so you're looking at teams with 7, 8, 9 points. Yeah. Um, so, I, in the end, it was... It wasn't it to be, but they can hold their head high for, for how they carried themselves. I caught up with Barry as well for Kelly Hearts TV and here's what he had to say. Decent performance for the boys today. Were you happy with the way they played? Yeah, I get a reaction. Um, but I thought the game on Saturday, the first half, we were uh, the better team. But if I'm honest, East Coast Pride were good in the second half. Um, I think I'd draw with the ball and the fair result on Saturday. But listen... We were all disappointed. I could see the disappointment the guy facing it. I just asked him for one thing. He'd give me a, a reaction. And I certainly got that. I thought we were outstanding um, for the vast majority of the game. They changed the system at the start of the second half. Peterhead took his 10 or 15 minutes to get used to it. Then obviously they scored the goal. But the reaction again after it was, was excellent. And as I said, I thought we were on top of the vast majority of the game. So delighted with the performance, but disappointed that... Uh, we could only get a point at the end of the game. Absolutely. Missing a couple of big names in Anderson, Cup tied and waiting on Nathan Austin coming back. How do you think Matty Flynn performed with stepping into that role as sole striker for the day? Yeah, Matty done well. Listen, he's not played a lot of football. Um, took him five or ten minutes to get into the game, but when Matty does what he's good at, holding the ball in, um, laying it off, I thought some of the... Uh, the stuff he'd done was, was really good. So he can be pleased with his performance, but so can the rest of the team. You can catch, obviously, that full interview over on Kelly Hart's TV YouTube channel as well now. So, obviously, you want to add the game highlights on there out yet, so I'm maybe putting you on the spot here, but for what you've heard, um, how do you think the, the boys performed? Like, like Barry said in the, in the interview, a reaction is what we were looking for. And if we've come out and dominated the League One team, you know, for long spells of the game, we've come away with a draw. Penalties is unfortunate, but... Um, Tids are like the bar, didn't he? That's is that two games mm-hmm. in a row he's hit the bar. That's what I've been bumming him up to. <laughs> you know, shocking performance that is. <laughs> nah, he's, he's obviously always solid, but uh, yeah. he's, he's got to be frustrated um, unless yeah. he comes comes across a, a crossbar challenge in the near future. He might do quite well. <laughs> I know, I hope he's maybe on pounds. <laughs> um, I think, I see our reaction is what we wanted. and um, I, I felt as if on Saturday that Marty Flynn should have come on. When uh, Cammy Russell got injured to help make the ball stick up there, you know, Stevie Bell's a experienced centre half and the other, the other guy as well, the big guy at the back, um, you know, they could have been doing a battle, in my opinion, I didn't think they got that for Callum, so 
Aye, great, great to see that we went out against a League One team, you know, during the week. We come away with a draw. For what I understand, we had the better of the game. I think we'll, I think we can just take it for what it is, a cup game at the end of the day. Yeah. It's, it is what it is. We would have liked to win, you know, but aye, Peter Heed are going to do all right in League One this season. And if we can challenge teams that are mid-table, League One teams would be all right with that. How did Cy Ferry do? Did they start? No, I came on to it towards the on. end. Um, not really any significant sort of play, to be honest. No, well, he was quite well. Because if I was there and there was murder, I would have called him out on it. But <laughs> he's always wanting to criticise. But, <laughs> 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 nah, but nah, he, he, good player, Si. Um, I think there's a few guys in that Peter Head team that are probably playing maybe a, a league or two below. Or you know, a few guys are coming into the tether as well. So for us to finish one all and sort of have the better of the game, I'm happy with that. I'll take it. Right, so let's have a, a look at the, the sort of standout performers from from the two games there. Who's well we'll look at the top three. Who's your your first? Uh, my first from Saturday, uh, Doogie Hill. Got man of the match, dominated in the box, had a good game on the deck and that as well, good passes, some good diagonals and stuff like that. An all round good performance. I thought he's been brilliant in about three or four games that I've seen this season and uh, I think he had a, a really, really, really good game on Saturday because I, I didn't think this, the centre-forward pressed him too much in that regard but in regards to dealing with the, the long diagonals I think he had a really good game. Yeah, and he was solid again on, on Tuesday as well and then for what I saw him on Saturday as well he's got he's a sort of dual threat as well because he's solid as a defender he's, he's planted right in the middle with the three or four that play at the back mm-hmm. his aerial presence is phenomenal whether it's defending or trying to score from uh-huh. corner kicks or free kicks into the box yeah he's, he's got he's got a presence all over the place and he, to be honest when he's not part of a big play he just quietly goes about his business he sort of controls that back line uh, tries to obviously work, works well with the likes of Hooper and Reed at the yeah. back and does well in shifting the line over when Boyle makes those runs up the, the left wing as well which have benefited us so far this season so 100% he's probably going to find himself in, in standard performance more often than not if he, he continues to play this week Aye, proper leader as well proper leader at the back plenty of experience no shy putting his point across and that's what we want to see and that, and to be fair that's that's something I can attribute to to other guys that have come in at the back like they're a, they're a unit they're a proper solid unit and it's good to see what about your number two? Who's your, your sort of second standard performer over two games? Number two, I'll go for Jamie Stevenson. Had a good game Saturday. Again, unfortunately, he was kind of not pegged in, but we changed to a back four mm. on Saturday. Um, so it was less of him getting forward than it was more like I'm just standard. No, 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 like a new style wing back, but he was like a proper full back for a long part of the game. And he played well. I can't really think any any great deal of mistakes or that I made. He's diverse though. He, the fact that that Barry's and there's a few players in the squad that can do that, but he does it to a high level. The fact that he can play on that right wing, mm-hmm. the way that he's he's able to pick out players, he's work up the wing to to cross the ball in, and his decision making as well. He, he does well to know when to cut the the ball in and work his way into the centre of the field, or and he, he knows when he played in the wing. It seems to come off more often than not. But the fact that he can also slot in into that defence, which, I mean, they've got probably sort of Scobie, Craig Reid, Boyle, Hooper, Hill, they've got. 
some experience at the back there, but uh-huh. it's always good to have somebody you can call on like they did against East Kilbride. And if you think about that East Kilbride game, we, depending on how the game goes, Barry's got the option. He, he's one of those pieces that he can move around without having to make a substitute. If they want to go yeah. more attacking, he's able to push Stevenson up. And if he wants to... yeah. Likewise, if he's got him playing up the wing and they need to play a bit more defensively, protect the lead or what have you, mm-hmm. he's more than capable of dropping back as uh, well. So, 100%. You mentioned his play on, on Saturday. I can vouch for, for Tuesday. It was, was a couple of names in there, but it was pretty unanimous when he picked up Man of the Match. I think he's now Mr. Man of the Match because <laughs> he's he's picked up the two. So Must be like with the committee. Must bring them cakes. That is. <laughs> it must be, yeah. <laughs> Right, and then what'll be your number three? I, I'm pretty sure I can guess you this one's gonna be. Aye, I, I'm gonna. He's gonna think. I think I think I've got a wee bit of love in me on the new. But Michael Tidza, again, for what I seen Saturday, you know he controlled. I would say probably a good three quarters of that game when when the ball was on the deck. There was a lot of he was picking up a lot of nods because of the amount of diagonals that he's called were playing they played a lot of long balls but the second balls normally it was Tidza Riley was picking up but it's it's that you know that captain's mentality and that winner's mentality that he demands all the time to take it and he wants to be the man that pushes us forward let's say it doesn't work all the time every pass doesn't come off but it's it's good to see somebody in there who he has so much authority and he's willing to carry that authority as well I mentioned that last week like taking the armband and everything like that but I I'm I'm always impressed with him. He just he just calms everything down all the time, but he's no scared to try and play that killer ball as well. Even if it's for deep, he tries to you know fire the balls through the lines. So it's good to see. Um, Hundred percent. He um he's just he's got a unbelievable knack for being able to find a bit of space. So you get those points where down either wing they'll be looking a, a wee bit troubled for where to go with the ball because they'll have two or three players for the other side closing in and it always seems like it's Tidza who's there doesn't matter if it's left right up the park at the back mm. it's Tidza that drops into that little bit of space yeah, I've seen him with that you know pushing this team forward and I, I totally agree that, that he does that but he'll not do that at the expense of losing possession or making a, a silly pass if if the right ball is just to play it to, to switch play to the other wing he'll play it or he'll knock it back to defence if he needs to he's just got yeah. he's got that right decision making mentality and in between all the plays obviously keeping on top of the rest of the boys like you say um, mm-hmm. a natural leader he's definitely been a benefit to Kelly so far this season Yeah, superb cheers for that as well then Kieran Right, so here's something that we, we sort of talked about doing before and uh, happy to introduce, I suppose, our first guest to the to the podcast was able to catch up with Scott Lynn. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's listen to what he had to say. Obviously, when you, you made the decision to, to retire, it was, I think it came to quite a surprise after you had a, had a really good season with Kelly Watt, so it led you to make that decision. The whole COVID situation was a massive factor. Obviously, in my other line of work as well, I'm I'm in the hospitality industry. So so as soon as we went into lockdown overnight, my income dried up. There was no clear path to when anything was going to get better. Um, I knew that I was starting up my own business and I felt like I just had to dedicate everything to that for my future, for my career. With there being so much uncertainty about, I just felt like this needs to now take all my attention and he put all my focus into it and 
I actually struggled a wee bit last year with, I mean, I used to work Wednesday nights really late in a nightclub. Um, so going from working during the day on a Tuesday to then a late night getting back from training and then a late night on Wednesday and then a late night Thursday, I just come the Saturday more often than not, I was, I was shattered and I just wasn't sleeping properly. And I had, believe it or not, I was kind of carrying injuries all through last season as well. I had Achilles tendonitis and both of my Achilles at the, at the same point I had a knee problem which I was carrying I, I was taking painkillers every before every training session and before every game just to get through the game and it just kind of was like you know I'm 31 this year I don't want to be taking painkillers before every training session and every game and I was spending a lot of money going to see a physio every week just to try and get me right so that I could train and so that I could play and because I knew what business I was going into, I thought, well, when this does take off, I'm not going to be able to dedicate my Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays to football. I'm going to have to be in different places, you know, at different events or meeting different people or networking and all that sort of things, or maybe at different parts of the country. And I'm just not going to be able to, to dedicate my time to football. So I didn't want to commit to the club and then have to, to then kind of like quit the season halfway through or I just wanted to be open as, as transparent as possible so there was a there was a number of reasons but it just felt like it it was the best it was the best time for me personally So uh, that was a sort of snippet for our conversation with Scott Linton. We've got the full interview. We're going to try and drop that Friday night, Saturday morning ahead of the briefing game. I suppose let's have a wee chat about Linton and what he added. How did you find him as a player last season to watch? I had a wee nickname for the Macrider Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> Named him after Man City's own David Silva. Because absolute wonder I let foot. I'm sure Fast enjoyed playing with him as well, considering they could just they could seem to find him for anywhere in the park. So I unbelievable player. Twenty was it twenty goals? Eighteen, nineteen uh, goals? Eighteen goals, eighteen uh, assists for a left back is phenomenal. That's no bad, eh? Can <laughs> take it. To be fair. A few of the free kicks should have went in the ones that hit the wall and that, but I can't really, <laughs> really complain. But nah, unbelievable player. You know, definitely Kelly Hart's legend now. Unfortunate that he's had to retire and stuff like that, but I just there was times as he got the ball last season in his own half, and I was like, We're going to score. Yeah. Uh, unbelievably, if, if a break was on or a counter attack was on and he had the ball at the halfway line, I was confident that we were at least going to get a chance. Yeah, no, and it was the same if, if 30 yards out, if he was hovering there a free kick, you put your you put your cup of coffee down or your, oh, your bovril because you can't, you were about to be jumping up in the air. It was, aye. I, I took some friends to New Central Park for. A hospitality game it was a Dalbeat or a Vale or something it was one of the high scoring ones eh? uh-huh. and I remember Scotland standing over the standing over the ball and I says to him I was like this will go in and he's like oh, he's, he's a bit far out but he's got a chance I was like no no it'll, it'll go in eh? <laughs> um, and sure enough it rocketed right into the top corner eh? but mm-hmm. it's, it's just what you could expect from him I, well, I can't remember what game it is he scored that volley do you remember he scored the volley it was like the ball come for the right hand side and he volleyed it and it went at the far corner. Ah, I can't remember. It was through the edge of the so. box. It was an absolute rocket. And I was just like, oh. Aye. I was just like, oh, come here with me. <laughs> <laughs> just bring that left foot. Like, that's all we need. 
Ah, he's, he's, he's absolutely was superb, and um, obviously when we the wee bit of the interview there, we spoke about his retirement, and he said obviously it was nursing a, a couple of injuries throughout and taking painkillers before every training session. Ah, and, ankle injury or so. Yeah, and you you wouldn't have expected that, would you? No, I would like to see him fully fit. <laughs> so if he gets some surgery and it's feeling good in about six months, like he can always come back. You'll be welcome. Obviously, he went off. He started his own business. Some of the few boys for Kelly have started today because we've obviously got Gary Chen that hopefully will get on the show at some point mm-hmm. as well. He's done the same and he's seen some success since doing that. Hopefully, hopefully Scott can do the same. Uh, um, I guess it's an events management type of business that he started up, Vida Management, and Kelly went out had a game of golf. Is that St Andrews? Uh, no, St Andrews. Like Glen Eagles. Glen Eagles uh, yeah, I've seen that. I fear play to him like that entrepreneurial spirit, you know, it's... He's taking a chance on himself. I've been there myself in the past. It's hard, you know what I mean? The first, you know, six, seven months are hard, but I'm sure that he's got the contacts and that. And if he feels confident in moving forward, you know, hospitality, you know, unfortunately, is, you know, it's difficult, difficult, difficult. But aye, let's hope that, you know, in a few time, we've seen Scott, you know, somewhere high flying, somewhere Vegas, like Thomas, Thomas Gravison style. And just, hope, gone, just gone full nutter, like. <laughs> hope, hopefully, he doesn't forget about our wee plug early on in his career when he's ah, there. No. <laughs> Could you imagine that in 20 years' time? Scott Linton buys Kelly. <laughs> the whole tune, like. <laughs> ah, hopefully, we'll get um, we'll get Scott on again down the line, especially when we're able to meet up and do these obviously recordings. It'd be good to, yeah. to get some of the boys together. But yeah, we've got to thank him for coming on. Like we say, the, the full interview will try and drop that. Friday, Saturday, a little bit, listening ahead of the big beacon game. Yeah, all the best, Scott. And that brings us swiftly onto Saturday, breaking away at the hedge. Every single Kelty fan has been waiting on this game since March, <laughs> maybe April. They've not had a great start to the season. They're struggling a bit. They've got a wee win against Albion Rovers in there, but every other game has been a pretty comprehensive defeat. Peterhead in the cup as well, 3-1. St John's has beat them 7-0. Dundee United beat them 6-2. They've come off with losses at Elgin and still in Albion with a win 2-0 away at Albion Rovers. How do you think it's going to go? Do you know what? I'm quite confident. I hope, and I, I don't think they will, I hope Kelly Denny go into it thinking that this is going to be an easy game because Brecon's form is shocking. There's no getting away from that. I mean, we're obviously going to say that because we're Kelly supporters, but anybody's going to say that when you look at the results. But anybody can have their day, and I think if we go in there and we treat it like we're going to walk over them, we could be in trouble. So I hope we don't do that. I don't think we will. I'm more confident, to be honest, going into this game after that game against Peterhead. Because Peterhead were a side that I expected us to get something, and we got a point. But I also knew that if we want to be careful, we, we, it could maybe be our undoing. But the way we performed on, on Tuesday night, I think this briefing game is going to be... It's going to be a big game for Kelly. It's going to be, obviously, like you mentioned there, it's, all the, it's kind of like the playoff game. I think in a lot of people's minds, they're, you know, we know it's a bit of a cut, but in the back of our minds, we're going to be saying this is that. Let's pretend this is a playoff. Let's see how it really would do when it's in their neck of the woods. Like, yeah. So I mean, it's a really home advantage that they came, but it's it's in Brecon. Brecon weren't playing Tuesday as well, so they've they've had more time to rest than than Kelty. So mm. 
they've got Queen's Park in a week's time. And they're going to hear an eye on that because the last thing they want to do, in my opinion, is just be at the bottom of that league again. I think they know they're in trouble. They've gained... Is it Michael Payton? Michael Payton? Aye, manager? giving him uh, an North. extended contract. Yeah, and... young guy, 31. Is it ideal? It maybe looked alright after a 2-0 win. However, after getting pumped at the weekend there, maybe no. As far as I'm aware, they've been relatively atrocious. And the, to be fair, they've beat the team that's closest to them, Albion Rovers, and they're sitting doing it a ninth or whatever. I think it's going to have a lot of eyes on it this game because it's it's been news... It, but it's been newsworthy, you know, from the beginning of the, the pandemic, sort of, that when we were told that we're not going up, you know, we, we dug our heels in. We dug our heels in pretty heavy. They dug their heels in. We know about the chairman and his sort of affiliations while he's on the board and stuff. It's a massive game for us. And I think it's a point to put that marker doing that. If it does come between us and them in a playoff game, I want them to be absolutely shitting themselves the time that they have to come here. And I want us to be honest, I want us to, if we can, take it by the jugular. I know we've not really done that this season yet. But if Barry can't get the players up for this game in particular, it'll be a, it'll be a difficult road ahead, I think, because this is the one game, when the fixtures come out of the, the Betfred Cup, I was just like, big circle around it, and I was like, I hope the fans are back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I think there'd be probably a good five 600 k I thought would be happily go up to breaking for that. Well, 100%. And I, I think this game's got huge, huge significance, even outside of just Kelly. It's, um, I mean, look at the fact that Kelly was the only team that won the league and didn't get promoted was astonishing in its own right. But even this season, it touch wood when there is a promotion. Mm-hmm. They've still got to jump through these hoops. Can the, the playoffs against the team that comes at the bottom, that still doesn't happen anywhere. This yeah. is a game where it's going to highlight to everybody who knows anything about football the gulf that is between the bottom of the SPFL and the top of the, the pyramid uh-huh. and the fact that it needs to be opened up more if we want to get a better balance throughout Scottish football because, yeah, this, you could count, I reckon, five or six teams that would fit nicely into League 2. Oh, definitely. At least mm-hmm. in, in the Lowland and the Highland League and some teams, obviously. Even your Breakins, like... I, I'm not a Breakin fan, but uh, I think I'd rather watch Breakin in the Highland League, playing games where they're in it, yeah. than getting pumped for three years. Nah. Um, left front centre, and then when Breakin are ready, they make the step back up. Uh, and fingers crossed, I hope for Breakin's sake, that they're not making that step up through a bunch of hoops, or I don't. I hope it's not a pandemic when Breakin would want to make that <laughs> step back up and the door gets shut in their face. I hope there is. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they can't. Nah. To be fair, I, I think it should be fair that the team I know there was no playoff game between us and the Highland League and I don't know how that's ha- I don't know what's actually happening with that now because of the Highland League playing a shortened season. I don't know if they actually qualify for a playoff place anymore. So I'm not sure where that leaves us. I think they as long as they finish their season, conclude it, or to be honest, as long as they call a champion. So they uh-huh. could play they could play one game. Um, and pick the, that person with the or that team with the highest goal difference, and they if they declare or just pick that, one guy, Keith. <laughs> if, they, <laughs> if they if they if they put forward that person or that person, you got me fucking going now. That team forward as champions of the Highland League, regardless of how they got there, they could uh-huh. do a playoff. They might decide uh-huh. they're not going to pay their eighteen. They might just go to a, a pyramid playoff system yeah. to 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 crown a champion, king of the ring style. <laughs> 
Old school. Yeah, they, they might do that. Um, it's a breaking the steel chair about <laughs> a minute to go. But they, they might do that, and as long as they present a champion, uh-huh. then they'll, they'll only do the same, then there'll be a playoff between the two. Otherwise, it would be a, a sort of automatic buy into the playoff with the mm-hmm. team at the bottom of the SPFL, too. So. Aye, I do agree with what you're saying as well. Like, if I was a breaking supporter, I'd want to see them being a wee bit competitive. I wouldn't like to be getting going up there and getting gubbed every week. I'm sure that there's a few guys that they're going. This is this is hard work, and you know there is there's ourselves, there's Bonnie Rag, there's East Kilbride, you know Cumbernauld Colts are putting a a decent like sort of system in place. Aye, and it's a shame that clubs that are in the Lowland League who are progressive or looking forward do have to jump through so many, you know, obstacles just just to get into you know the leagues. <laughs> to be fair, it, it, it was a process to get it in the first place. But I do think, especially after everything that's happened in that, that can a review will be put in so we can look at it and say, listen, this isn't really fair on the clubs that are winning their leagues. We need to find an elongated league to to, to accumulate, to, sorry, to, to bring these clubs in. And maybe, he, you know, I know the English Premier League have the three, really, the three points of relegation places. But... Aye, just I think there there is a better way to do it. They just need to find it. But Aye. at the minute, it's, it feels far too much old hat. At the minute, we want to keep what we've got because this is what we've always had. And to be fair, East Stirlingshire, you know, went down for a season, struggled last season. Like I think they'd be quite happy to say that they had a few good games, but they had a lot of bad games. Yeah, they've signed a bit better this season, and they're competitive again. They've had a chance to recalculate and. And get themselves in a better position. Now, Breakin have been in free fall for about four years now. Yeah. Do they need that? A wee bit of recalibration and then find a new place within Scottish football rather than where they are? Because where they are isn't good enough yeah, for they, anybody. They, they make the argument that the teams, and I've seen it, I saw it with Berwick and Shire as well, they wouldn't be able to survive if they made the drop down. Um, but teams have got to live within their means at the end of the day. Exactly. And, um, and if if you don't if you can't live within without that that money through other revenues, then you you do need to step down and yeah. I suppose build to the bottom up. And both Shire and Berwick Rangers have both done that. Yeah. Um. Like you say, Shire have been doing a couple of seasons, few mm-hmm. seasons, and they are building up and they're a strong team now. Berwick, um, the transformation from the beginning of last season to the the yeah. end, um, was massive, and they look. They look pretty solid. Like they're not a team that I'm gonna um, bank on us winning handedly. We should beat them, but uh-huh. uh, they're pretty solid at the back, to be honest. So I huge, huge, and yeah, we do want to branch off too much anyway for for Kelly. But huge game, and, and there's a lot of significance to us beating one. Aye. Absolutely cannot wait. Aye, me too. Um, and I'm hoping Higgy go full open play. He's going to score the first goal. And three one win. Did you say? No, that no, was a that different was game. game. That was East Coast Rider getting beat, remember? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say they didn't score. I'm going to say 3 0 Kelly. No, I think it'll be. A, I'm going to go a bit more than that. A bit more <laughs> optimistic. I'm oh. going to say 5. Right. I could see it in your eyes, in your eyes, you're screaming, fuck the hedge. <laughs> you <could> see it. <laughs> uh, absolutely not. No, I am. Can he wait? Can he wait? Cheers for obviously joining us again. Well, we talk nonsense about Kelly Hearts. Mm-hmm. Don't get any better, is it? We're just, <sighs> just talking mere shite now. 
No, we'll... Um, but we are starting to look at the interactive stuff to get people involved, aren't we? Aye, we'll get more people involved, so there's many other people and less us. But there you go for now. This is what you're stuck with. Thanks for listening in. We'll hear another episode out next week. And obviously we'll drop the Scotland one on Saturday. Yeah. Cheers for listening. See you later. Well, she's just a kill She'll no take any advice It's a drafty double bill You heed her all bunch of tickets twice Her father's just a waster Her mother's on the game She's just a Celtic clippy But I love her just the same